0: you're listening to dodge movie podcast your hosts are christy and mike dodge the founders of dodge media productions we produce films and podcasts so this is a podcast about films join them as they share their passion for filmmaking
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. Congratulations to Stacey Stein who successfully guessed the theme for January. It was road movies or movies about traveling. Stacy was our only winner. You guys, she's got a leg up on you. So you got to get, get your guesses in. This next month for February, look at our social media for clues and look at the four films we chose for clues I think this one should be easy for everybody. So get those guesses in through email, christy at com, text or call and leave me a message of what you think the theme is, 971-245-4148. Congratulations, Stacey. All right, we're kicking off February with a whole new theme that nobody knows, but you all are welcome to guess as many times as you want. We are kicking it off with The Photograph, which came out in 2020. We watched it on Prime for $3.99. It is written and directed by Stella Maggie. We know her from Gene of the Joneses from 2016 and The Weekend from 2018. This film stars Issa Rae, Lakeith Stanfield, Shantae Adams, Yelan Noel, Kelvin Harrison, Lil Red. Howry, Tayonia Paris, Jasmine Cephas Jones, Courtney B. Vance, and Chelsea Peretti.
0: Am I correct in remembering that Lil Rel was in Tag, which has been previously talked about? Correct, he was. And in Tag, I believe he plays a Portlander. What, what?
1: The DP for this film is Mark Schwartz. Bard and he's done a lot of episodic stuff like the uh reservation dogs and loot and the next thing you eat, Love Victor, which was the T V episodic follow-up from Love Simon.
0: Oh, but I remember you yeah the one you mentioned there, what was the second one? Loot. Yeah, loot, isn't that the one with Maya Rudolph?
1: Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, good it one, is. good one. Yeah. Nat
0: Faxon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The synopsis for this film is a series of intertwining love stories set in the past and the present, which I didn't really feel like that explained anything at all. No, no. And listen to this tagline. Okay. When famed photographer Christina Eames dies unexpectedly, she leaves her estranged daughter, May, hurt, angry, and full of questions. When May finds a photograph tucked away in a safe deposit box, She is soon delving deeply into her mother's early life, an investigation that leads to an unexpected romance with a rising journalist.
0: That does not describe this movie.
1: Well, oh, I feel like that describes the movie, but I think the IMDb got the tagline and
0: the synopsis (laughs) mixed up. It ain't a tagline, but I would say, wow, not to pick it apart just on the tagline, but Die Suddenly didn't get that. Fame Photographer... Didn't get that. Really? I would not argue that this is two intertwined stories. I would say this is mostly about Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield's characters in the modern time.
1: I'm fascinated because to me this nails it on a tee. She was famed because she's being highlighted. She's going to have her own gallery opening. So
0: okay, this this gets to one of my big problems with the film. Okay, it, it's called the photograph. Yeah, and supposedly. That character who is played by, I think, the third billed actress there, if I recall correctly. No, um, Shantae Adams is the young Christine. Okay, anyway, um, that character, we don't see, what, two of her photographs? It was called The Photograph, and one of the main characters is a famed photographer. There should be a whole lot of photographs, and I refer to, I believe it's Take Me Home, which is Sam Yeager's film, where he's a photographer. We see more of his photos. Than we do of hers and this, well, and she's famed.
1: The title of the movie isn't Photographs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was right there. Singular. I should have known. Oh, should have seen I, it.
1: <laughs> I think it's the one where she's sitting in the kitchen. That's the photograph.
0: Yeah, but famed photographer, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just all right. wow. <laughs> I'm thinking the entire camera department just threw their script up in the air.
1: Stella wrote this in 2015. That took her five years to make it, and she worked with Issa on Insecure. And so when she worked with her on Insecure, then she, you know, really liked working with her and wanted to wanted to work with her again. And so she wrote this. And they found actually Jada Magarall, yeah. um, and she did all the photos. She did Chris. I'm doing air quotes. Christine's
0: photos for the film. Yeah, air quotes are great for the podcast. I know. Um,
1: I that's why yeah, I called so, it out.
0: So. She probably could have done more than one photo, just throwing it out there.
1: Well, apparently she did. I. <laughs> okay. Um, Kick us off with your pickup line. Does this film <laughs> hold to your theory that the first line of the
0: film sets up the film? I would say so, because it's, Billy, why are we doing this? <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not being snarky, but... A little um, bit. Okay, for humor, because that's what I do, <laughs> but... <Yeah. laughs> I do think it, it, it works, the at least the why are we doing this part, because I think that was Lakeith Stanfield's character, I think his name is Isaac in the film. I, I think that was a good question. Why is he doing this, right? He kind of you know uncovered it as the story went on. Why was he hooked into the story?
1: Michael Block was his name.
0: Okay, his name is Michael, yeah.
1: There was... Oh, young Isaac. um Isaac was... I think, Christine's love okay, interest. Okay, that was...
0: Okay, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that was the guy... That, that actor was, her... was on Insecure, right? Right. Uh, name starts with a Y, but it's difficult to pronounce for me. <laughs> yes.
1: I butchered it. I apologize, sir. I felt like early in the film, the cinematography, everything kind of had this blue hue, even, like, inside and outside.
0: Everything I, was was dark, yeah. underexposed. I, I have a note here that most scenes were underlit and i thought perhaps what our dp was trying to do is make it more like black and white which is what, um, what the the, the, photograph. the photograph was black and white mm-hmm. of an era mm-hmm. so that was my thought but i did notice it was really dimly lit so much so that it didn't make a lot of sense to me in some cases for example When Michael and May first meet, I think that's Issa's character, right? Mm -hmm. They're in this curator's room and there's a bunch of stuff and it has like one 40 watt bulb. Yeah. And I don't believe any curator would have that crappy of lighting when they're looking at stuff, right? I mean, it it would be really well lit. It's almost like a 911 center that's really poorly lit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I'd love to send an ambulance your way, man, but I can't read my notes. Yeah. Okay, it's moody. I get it, but yeah, yeah.
1: It was. I mean, it was kind
0: of cool sometimes. Like if they're in a bar at night, it work. Yeah, that that made more sense. Bars yeah. are very dark. Yeah, right? you're that, right. That's, uh, but it was just kind of. And so they had when there was the storm, and when they're walking on the street, some of that made some degree of sense. But then there are other times when it was done, and it's kind of like, mm. mm-hmm. but it was moody. Yeah, definitely.
1: And then it opens with a video clip and we can tell, it, you know, we're kind of, I believe it fills the whole screen. I don't think we're seeing the TV, but it's almost like we're watching somebody watch this clip and it's very dated. It's clearly right. a, a 1980s kind of-esque and somebody's interviewing Mae's mom, Christine, and she says, I wish I was as good a, at love as I was at working. And I felt like I think we had to kind of get into it so that the audience doesn't lose the impact of that line. But right. that also would make a great first line because May goes on to almost mimic right, her mom's inability to express and accept love.
0: Right. That was four by three aspect ratio which would be accurate for something shot in 1989. But the picture quality was 2020 high def. And I was curious, you as a filmmaker in that situation, because that was a choice, right? They obviously consciously chose not to grainify it or make it look crappy. And I'm curious where you land on that, because my instinct was, oh... Maybe they should have made it look like VHS from nineteen eighty nine, the picture quality lower the picture quality to match the the aspect ratio so that it looks exactly like you would be. But so I'm just curious where you landed on that. Did that bump you to see that it was really high def picture quality, even though it was a four by three ratio and was supposed to be shot in nineteen eighty
1: nine? Well, now I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I felt so I know in the bottom corner was the like pixelated, digitized code kind of thing, yeah. time code. And are you saying, and I felt that the picture quality was grainy.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe I remember the 80s as being worse video quality. But I I mean, I just, I made a note here that it was really good picture quality for 89.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure that obviously they
0: shot it in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and But you can digitally. But yeah.
1: You can add grain. I've done it.
0: Yeah. So, so that was, I was just curious. But you felt like there was some. Okay. Well, that answers the question then. Right. I think you know, that makes In sense my memory, me. but now yeah. I'm questioning my. <laughs> right. Well, sorry about that. <laughs> but it's interesting that you mentioned that that line is good at love as in working because I feel like the, the character of May's mother, and maybe May to a certain extent, but particularly her mother, had a character flaw that you tend to see in men in movies. That she was hard, she had a hard time committing and that she would run away from commitment, like literally run away, physically go to a new town. And if you swapped the gender, that would have been, no one would have blinked, right? That we've seen that many times. So I thought that was an interesting writing choice.
1: Yeah, I think that they explained it as we learn who Christine was and her mother was not affectionate and loving. To her. And I think that Christine felt more comfortable in the realm of her photography. So I think that we're just to see that. And I think it's May's wrestling with I'm repeating what she did. I didn't like it that she wasn't affectionate and loving towards me. But now I'm having an inability to receive
0: affection and love from men. I wasn't being critical of that writing choice. I actually thought it was a neat choice. Uh, yeah. And I, I I, thought the character was believable. I just noted that that's a character flaw that we don't often see written for female characters. Right.
1: I'm thinking of Isla Fisher character from Wedding uh, Crashers. Yeah, exactly. She, she's the exact opposite. Yeah.
0: And in fact, you see how it carries through because a- after Hurricane Nookie, he doesn't, he ghosts her and she's very tolerant of that. Which again, goes against like the East Isla Fisher.
1: I liked how they used Michael, the reporter who is doing a piece about Christina. I liked how they used him so that we could get to know her mother, which also kind of introduces the flashbacks so that through his eyes and through his investigative reporting, we learn more about Christina and Isaac and then the man that she ended up marrying who 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 may felt. Was that father figure, even though it seemed like they both knew that he wasn't her father. Mm, um, yeah. And I, th- I feel like he, he knew he wasn't Christina's true love, that she always longed for Isaac.
0: Yeah, it could be. I, I could see that. I felt like I like that character and wouldn't have minded seeing a bit more of him. I felt the film was stronger in the first half and then it kind of for me lost steam in the back half and i don't know if that's strictly because she spent more time with her biological father but from my perspective the story began to bog down a bit again as i mentioned live when we were watching it i apparently really like lil roll's performance he's a hoot i'll watch him in anything
1: yeah so you were talking about steamy and and you said it it, it happened more in the early <laughs> in the early part of it so um, let's see, probably about a third of the way through as Michael kind of wears her down because she's trying to give him the brush off. They have an evening at I believe her apartment or was that his apartment?
0: I think it was supposed to be her apartment in the boom chicka. Wow wow. Right.
1: And so he says, you have your head down like you're praying what are you praying for and she says willpower and then they cut to two naked bodies in bed and thus then begins the sex montage
0: right yes i i thought it was both simultaneously classy and skinamax so i thought it was very sexy i i got a little warm yeah yeah Yeah,
1: it was it was steamy
0: huh
1: (laughs) i don't know if i kind of got that
0: Well, I can watch it again maybe and and, and let you know. But
1: <laughs> Michael also had his issues because he and and may this is funny because this is 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 this a male trait? Let me ask you. Is this <laughs> a male trait? Okay. He had trouble sharing information. Information that I felt was vital to the person that you're kind of dating
0: would You would. mean I'm I've applied for a job in a foreign country on the other side of an ocean?
1: Yeah, and how do you feel about that? Like if I were to get it,
0: what would you think? I think that's a weenie move. Uh, from either gender. I I would not say that is a stereotypical male trait. I could see it more be he would tell her once that he was applying and then not update her. And she'd say, what's going on with the job? And he would say, well, nothing, because I haven't told you anything. So thus there, I could see that. But no, he was definitely very much feeding back to her, her distance, her running away.
1: Yes. And I think he was even frustrated because I believe there's a moment This is why we have to record the podcast right after we watch the movie. I feel like he felt like she was giving him the brush off. And so he was like, all right, well, then I'm going to carry forward with my life and I'm going to go get this job. And then she was like, oh, wait, I think I like that guy. And so then she Mm -hmm. went to kind of chase him down. Mm -hmm. And then he tells her about the job and she's like, well, when we.
0: Yeah. Right. Again. I think if we swap the genders, this would be very recognizable.
1: Meaning that he would be the female, or he would kind that, of-
0: that the male character doesn't want to commit until the female character then moves on, and then he's like, "Oh wait, just a second, I re- I really do." So, uh, like I said, I don't don't say that's a criticism. I think it's kind of an interesting um, gender switch.
1: Yes, I like it. And then later in the film, her mom says pictures took the space in my heart, took more space in my heart than people did. So her mom even realized that she wasn't behaving in a quote unquote, I I hate to say normal because nobody's normal, but in a traditional way or in
0: a A way that is consistent with a functional relationship.
1: Yeah. She knew that she was prioritizing her pictures. I think that was safe. She controlled the pictures. She even controlled who saw the pictures. Yeah, see, this is
0: where mm, I I think there is a lot of material to be mined there. It's maybe a little cliche, but I, I think a lot of photographers do enjoy being behind the camera, capturing others. And there is a certain distance in that, a certain objectivity. And I think given that character, looking a little bit more into her working as a photographer would have, I think, allowed us to explore that a bit more, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think she tried, but not not nearly as long and as involved as the holiday. But it very much this this was a telling of two love stories and they are kind of intertwined because of the familial relationship. Mm -hmm. But it's a balance. How do you fully tell Christina's story while still telling May's
0: story? Right. And and that was what we talked about earlier is I felt like May got more weight in that storytelling than Christina did. And, and to me, I think it would have worked better. I would rather have a little more weighting toward Christina, in my opinion.
1: But I wonder if it's Stella saying, kind of looking more in, introspectively, how we are influenced by our former generations and kind of what they went through. And because we saw that Christina's mom was very abusive. Or and- to be...
0: Be a bit cynical. It is the business of show and East is a big name. It's a show so show hormone. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. At the very beginning I liked it's a it's a common trope, but I, I appreciate it
0: when he's listening to music. Yeah, he's in the car and it's um non-diegetic and it moves to diegetic.
1: So it sounds like it's just music under the film, not part of the right the movie and then it's it they lower kind of or increase the boom or something kind of and so it feels enclosed into the car was there any head trauma in this film Uh, not that i caught i don't think so
0: but as we previously spoke there was some smoochies smoochy 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 there were some smoochies i made note of uh, michael and may kiss in the bar And then during the hurricane in her apartment, and then later he kisses her to shut her up outside the Kendrick performance, which is a classic romantic move. Stop tucking, smooch. Presumably there is some kissing there, but I believe the parts that we saw, uh, (laughs) I apparently didn't respond to them quite as much, but I thought it was just general naked bodies rolling around with poor lighting.
1: (laughs) Well, the power had gone out. That is explained in that
0: scene. And Easter doesn't want to do nudity. That's also fine. It's a business I of show. I thought it was artfully done. Mm-hmm, it was.
1: Ha, well, so I've already mentioned a car. So driving review, please.
0: Okay. So I thought the late model Ford Taurus rental car that Michael has when he goes to, to talk to her biofather father uh-huh. is appropriately boring. What I But he seems to get the same exact car every time he goes down there. And, and it doesn't happen a lot with rental cars. There's a '70s era Dodge Ram pickup. Great choice. <laughs> Strongly support that. There's a brown Ford or Cadillac. Oh my gosh, I love. That's why I love Cadillacs. <laughs> could, did you see? You could sit four adults comfortably in each one of those bench seats. <laughs> that car is the size of a battleship. I loved that. Era. Ah, those were the days. They were <laughs> Uncle Bud and I would have really enjoyed <laughs> driving that car around. Um, I wanted to know how hard it was to get an. 80s-era correct Greyhound bus, because they did a good job of that. And lastly, though, a little bit of a criticism here, from the Eyes on the Road department, Isaac spends more than five seconds straight staring at Christine in the passenger seat when he is driving the motor vehicle. And that is not allowed.
1: True, love.
0: Uh... Yeah, true dead. <laughs> So, guys, it, when you're at the controls, eyes on the road.
1: Shall we go to the numbers? Let's go to the numbers. Okay, before we go to the numbers, not to trigger anyone, but this film came out February 14th, 2020. So it made that weekend $12 million. By the next weekend, it had increased to $17 million. Okay, doing well. The week after that, so now we're at the end of February, $19.6 million. Okay. And then two weeks later... It capped out at twenty point five million because basically after that theaters closed. Right. So it made twenty million dollars and it had a budget of fifteen.
0: Okay. That's so. Not good.
1: But I don't it, blame the film because it was going along pretty good. I yeah. I wish it could have had its full run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that it wouldn't have done gangbusters because, as I said, I think the second half of the film started to, to lose its way a bit. But it, I think it would have done much better if they had kept the theaters open. So curious. Unfortunately, I hope that's not held against the, the director or, or the stars because I, I don't really feel like those numbers are representative of what their work was.
1: I agree. I agree. It got a 6.1 out of 10, which I do feel is low. What did, what, what would you give this on IMDb? I think
0: that's about right for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, I would totally give this a seven.
0: So I I try to, I mean, just my personal metric is I, um, if everybody like kind of did their job and it just didn't land, I have a hard time going beneath a six. that's kind of where this was. I felt like the acting was fine. There were no obvious problems with writing or direction. The cinematography was fine. The sound was fine. Everybody did their job. It just, it was, it was okay, but it wasn't, eh,
1: you know. Well, uh, critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 75% and audiences liked it a wee bit more than you and the critics. They gave it 81%. Oh, yeah. I can see that. So they liked it. It's hour and 46 minutes. It's rated PG-13, although I'm a little surprised with that sex scene. Wow, wow. Um, (laughs) It is a drama romance and let's see. It was filmed in Queens, New York City, and Louisiana. It's a Universal Pictures film. And Issa Rae was nominated for Favorite Drama Movie Star at the 2020 People's Choice Awards and Outstanding Actress in a Motion Picture at the NAACP Image Awards.
0: That's an interesting thing because getting back to box office, I feel like Issa is box office gold. I think she's got the it factor. Very charismatic so I, I, yeah, I would, I, I'm not surprised that she got nominated for some things, especially like a people's choice, because I do think she's got that, the uh, the magnetism, the charisma that would really open the film strong.
1: I think she's great because she, she's, we obviously know she's very comedic, mm-hmm. but then she also, I feel nails drama as well. Like in this piece and we've seen it in Insecure, she mm-hmm. can be dramatic and, and yeah. do a good oh, job. Yeah, I think
0: she's very talented. Yeah. But that kind of the business side, with that smile, I'd put her on the red carpet any day. I know. That would I mean, she would put butts in seats, I think. Yeah. Speaking of which, if her agent is looking for some short film work, so you know, some really good quality, independent filmmaking, well, let us know. I feel like she's a little busy right now. Maybe so, but you never know. You never know. Might okay. want to come up to the Northwest and <laughs> hang out for a bit. <gasps>
1: All right. Well, that does it, everybody, for this episode of The Photograph. Like I said, we watched it on Prime for $3.99, and this is airing on February 5th. So we are kicking off our new month. Be checking out our social media, as well as the four movies listed for February to see if you can guess the theme and guess the theme. And if you win, you win all kinds of prizes. Check out our website, dodgemediaproductions.com. For more information and never forget.
0: Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christian Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to DodgeMediaProductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop and neither do the movies.